The following interview originally aired on KPOV 88.9 on the Friday Point. You can listen to The Point 9 a.m. each weekday at 88.9 FM or at kpov.org. It's 9 a.m., Friday, March 18, 2022. You have once again arrived at the week's end point. I'm your host, voice sidekick Steve, along with the tech-savvy producer, my better half, Paula. Fifty years ago, I was a snot-nosed 22-year-old in a labor union and a very unseasoned journeyman sign electrician. I thought I had the world by the tail. Fortunately, I had a very good union business agent, compassionate and wise. Little did I know how courageous he really was. Seniors were always high on his priority list, the welfare of aging out workers and how their golden years would work out for them. I remember the start of Meals on Wheels 50 years ago. That business agent gave me a priceless lesson about life and consciousness of not only seniors, but all that live with the stresses that can befall anyone. Our guest today to tell us more about the invaluable and ongoing work of Meals on Wheels is Denise Labuda, Director of Communications for the Council on Aging of Central Oregon. Meals on Wheels was founded in 1969 by three caring women, Jean Wade, Martha Schull, and Kay Krieger, who saw a need in the community that was not being met. They gathered in a basement of the Lincoln Street Methodist Church in February of 1970 to serve hot lunch to about a dozen seniors and delivered 14 meals on wheels on paper plates wrapped in newspaper. Stick around for the fascinating conversation about this amazing organization. We always need more volunteers in this country. March 22nd marks the official 50th anniversary of the Older Americans Act, the OAA Senior Nutrition Program. This federal legislation provides funding for senior nutrition services and helps support programs like Meals on Wheels. The Older Americans Nutrition Program is an effective and critical public-private partnership through which thousands of community-based programs aided by millions of local supporters and volunteers address senior hunger and isolation issues right here in our community. Welcome to our show, Denise Labuda, Director of Communications for the Council on Aging of Central Oregon. Thanks, Steve. We're really excited to be here. You know, I think in these times, we truly can appreciate a lot of the services that are provided by you know, a combination of private and public operation. And you're all to be congratulated. Like I said at the opening, I don't think I had a real clue when I was 22, but I sure do today. Yep. It's, um, this has been a remarkable journey, 50 years, um, and sort of building the public's awareness that the program's been around that long and as effective as it's been. And one hopes that as the need continues, that the program is around for maybe another 50 years. So, Thank you for offering to have us here today and share a little bit about what's going on with all this stuff. Well, sometimes I I don't think people in volunteer service, like at Meals on Wheels, get the pat on the back they should have. So I hope that you're celebrating the anniversary in a like fashion. We are. We would not be able to do what we do without, in this case, about 450 men and women across the Tri-County doing these Monday through Friday deliveries of the Meals and Wheels meals. And these men and women 
I think from everything I've learned from my conversations with them, they get as much out of this interaction with the seniors they serve that as well as the seniors that they are serving. And so they come away feeling fulfilled and feeling they do something good. And on once in a while, they also get to help beyond delivering a meal. And so it's really been a good thing for both individuals in this process. So we are forever grateful to these men and women. Yeah, I don't think there's enough that can be said about volunteerism. And most certainly, my wife and I have been connected with a lot more community outreach programs and most certainly one of the most important aspects outside of actually being nourished is connection and it, yeah. I, I think that it's so important it really does mean a lot to both the giver and the receiver it certainly does um, and I have to share that there's a woman who's been delivering meals and wheels in central Oregon for 46 years she is in, just been committed to this since she was in her early 20s she did this raising children. She had it as a requirement for people in jobs that she took. Like, I have to have my Monday mornings available to do my two-hour route. She's now served hundreds and hundreds of people in that 45, 46 years. And she still smiles every day going to do this. So the connections are important. And the connections in this case, this one woman has done, you can't even begin to understand the impact that this one person's had here. Connections are key. And we love, love, love this woman and her support of aging seniors for such a long time. And she herself is now a senior, but still out there delivering meals each week. It actually boggles the mind. I I think that as we all age, uh, we become more aware of the older people that are volunteering Mm -hmm. and the seeming joy that they get from it. I'm so happy that there are people like that woman. Like I say, she deserves a big pat on the back. Can you think of any other examples that you'd like to mention this time about? Yeah, well, there's another one where we have a woman who's currently, she's 93. She's currently a client on Meals and Wheels, but she was one of the original women who started the delivery process here in Central Oregon. So it's come full circle for her. She is still of sound mind, not so good body, and is grateful every day that she has meals delivered to her at this point. But she was one of the sort of founding women here locally as the need was evident. And I'm going to say that was probably about 40-ish, a little over 40 years ago for the direct services here. And so it's been an honor for us to now serve her after all she did to move this program forward and I tried to get her to be on the show today but she's not doing too well with her health at this point so she passed but she said it was okay to sort of share her her story so well I sure hope she's listening in today because if you can't give her a physical pat on the back we can at least give her a verbal pat on the back that's yeah that's remarkable service there's no question about it and you know I think one of the other things that needs to be mentioned is the fact that As people age, I think they become less inclined to examine the foods that they eat. And I think that's another Mm -hmm. aspect of Meals on Wheel that is really important is the actual nutritional value of the food. Because I think as we get older, we tend to not really be that concerned about it. And it is a concern. Absolutely. Plus, our need as we age around the nutrition that we need to put in our bodies also changes. We need more protein as we age. Um, It's always good to have those fruits and vegetables in there. And it gets harder to prepare meals, to be able to get out there and do shopping for meals. 
and that's ultimately what brings people onto the Meals on Wheels program. It's usually a it's a designated program for people with mobility challenges. So, some of our clients are short termers because they, for example, just had a hip replaced, and now they are not mobile for maybe three months till they recover, and then they can go back in their normal life. And then we have another group of men and women who are due to health issues, chronic health issues, are no longer able to do that shopping or stand in front of the stove. And so without being able to do that, nutrition sort of needs begin to decline. So the capacity to have a well-balanced meal that's designed for seniors delivered up to five times a week is really a wonderful thing to offer. So the food component is quite good, sort of preventing hunger, preventing malnutrition, um, is really sort of one anchor of the program. So you're right, Steve, it's, it's a way to keep our seniors healthy through the gift of food. Yeah. You know, and I have to believe that, you know, that works well with the connection because a lot of the people that I've had a chance to talk to about the use of Meals on Wheels say that, you know, they actually look forward to the volunteers showing up. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we've all kind of suffered a a real situation as far as the pandemic has gone and uh as we see the the mask mandate lifted it does allow for more connection and hopefully the same will be true of seniors uh and other people that have been kind of housebound during this ridiculous thing that we've had to go through this this ridiculous thing called covid yes so sort of the Meals and Wheels program was designed to sort of have two main parts. One was to support that nutritional component, as we chatted about. And the other one is the connection, um, both from just the pure act of feeling connected in a community to provide some dignity and independence and let seniors know that they are valued. But it's also to sort of support safety. So if you are now mobility challenged and you're in your home, you may sometimes fall or you may have some health issues and with someone coming by every day, especially the older you get or the more isolated you have become due to maybe you don't drive anymore or you don't have family local, so your visitors are dropping down because you aren't in the community out and about. So this kind of capacity to also keep an eye on you to make sure that you're getting access to the services you need um, is sort of why I think this program has been around for so long because it sort of touches on some of these really important things to help people age where they want to age, which is in their home. Yeah. And, you know, I think of all the challenges we all face, uh, aging is without a doubt one of the biggest challenges of all. Uh, And I think a lot of volunteers are high-functioning individuals and fortunately, they put that energy to good use. It, it, it's yes. it's surprising, you know, what people are capable of. Obviously, by your last two examples, uh, yeah. I've seen those kind of examples, and it's mystifying. Uh, as we all age, I think that we more closely examine the other aged people that are around us. So, yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you share? Uh, a little bit more about how Meals on Wheels, the, how the program actually works? Yes. Um, so in Central Oregon, we are covering Deschutes County, Crook County, and Jefferson County. So we work 
um, in partnership with um, three seniors, four senior centers, uh, three senior centers, the Redmond Senior Center, the Prineville Senior Center, Charitable Trust, and the Jefferson County Senior Center up in Madras. And then we manage the program in Bend, Sisters, and the Pine. And so together with our partners, we first assess someone on the need for being a member of Meals on Wheels. So our case managers go to each person's home, do an assessment, also understand whether there's other needs that might be important to help this particular person with. Then we get them on the program, and that at that point they're deciding what kind of um, number of days a week, if there's any nutritional needs, you know, they are allergic to gluten or whatever, um, and then they are connected into the meal site where they live. So if they're in Bend, they come to the Bend, you know, they're run, the program is run out of the Bend meal site, and so that is where we then bring in our volunteers who take a route. So we have folks deliver somewhere between sometimes 6 to 12 stops in their route, and so we have those routes going every day, and so we can be delivering five times a week to some people. Other people just get it a couple times a week based on their needs or if they have other ways to get food into the home. So we have this regular crew of volunteers in each of these locations who are taking a route on, and that's how they get to know the men and women who are on that route. And then we have a backup group of volunteers who are there for sort of subbing. So if someone has a car problem that day or they're going to go on vacation or if they're not feeling well, then we have a wonderful group of sort of add-on-demand backup drivers who will stop in and pick up a route in need for a given day. So they're very flexible, and we're very flexible to accommodate their schedules too. So they then come to the site, pick up their food bags, which have been prepared and packed for them, so what they just need to do is head on the way, stop by each place. Um, COVID, you're correct, kind of sh- sort of stopped the in-home visit part of it. We're just beginning to let folks back into the home. Our volunteers across the Tri-County still wear masks going into the home just for safety as we continue to see COVID decline. And sometimes they'll sit and have a cup of coffee. Sometimes they'll just chat on the porch. Um, other times the person is just, please help me put it in the fridge and I've got to go to a doctor appointment, can't talk today. So it's this sort of ongoing relationship and that visit each day allows our drivers to understand, is the person okay? Do they seem to be better than, or, you know, the same as they were last time I saw them or is there something going on or are they telling me something's going on? And if something is, then they take that information back to the meal site coordinator and work within the case management team and try to kind of get the extra help on their way to whatever they uncovered that day. Yeah. It, you know, and I'm glad that you mentioned uh, one thing that I think a, a lot of our listeners, and especially the younger listeners, might not necessarily understand, is that you develop a, a temperamental digestive tract as you age, and, and you okay. can't slam down a Big Mac and expect that you're going to feel good. So I'm glad that there's that assessment, because I, I do think it's... Uh, you're more challenging when you're a senior. There's, you know, little question in my mind. You have to be a little bit more mindful about what you eat and making sure that you get enough water and all those issues. So 
do you get a chance uh, on occasion to, to interview the clients and the volunteers both? Yes. Um, in fact, about two weeks ago, I went on a ride. I tried to go on a drive-along, as we kind of call it, with a driver on a route. So I can hang out with someone who's doing that route that day, and I get to meet and chat with whomever is on their route that day. And that's where I can also learn more about these individuals, what their particular sort of circumstances are, their sort of smile as we approach the door and um, their interest in just chatting. Again, because of COVID, we've been pretty distant from them physically, standing on a porch six feet away, waiting for them to come to the door. Um, But now, you know, we're kind of heading hopefully back to a little bit more normal interactions and smiles and masks can eventually come off but the, the clients also had their masks off so they're always smiling and, and happy to see us so i do have a chance um and others in our company we all kind of do this just to sort of stay connected to the people we serve on a daily basis since they're living in their homes and we are sitting in their office so it's, it's nice to get out and see them yeah, uh, most certainly. I think one thing that um, most seniors do understand that patience is a big part of wisdom. And sometimes it feels like our civilization is going at such breakneck speed that seniors sometimes feel like they just simply can't really get involved. And it's so great that you take at least a little time to get to know these people. And it's sometimes we're the only people they see in that day possibly in that week. It just really depends. So it's it's humbling as well to be a driver, to be someone in support of these folks, because some of them are not living in an easy place at this point in their life. And so that gratitude for those daily connections, keeping them in. And, you know, at the Council on Aging, we work hard with this program and you know, transportation is the other sort of big missing piece around here to help these more isolated folks get out and physically get to other places to interact with humanity in their own towns. And so at least right now we can get in there potentially up to five days a week to see them and visit and sort of let them know that they're not so alone. So if you want to become a volunteer, how do you get started in that particular vein? Well, there's a couple of ways. You can go to each of the senior centers in the area where you live. So for example, if you're in Prineville, you want to do volunteering, we suggest you call the Senior Center, which is in downtown, and chat with Stephanie, who runs the Senior Center, and she will get you started for the application process to come through. So if you are in Redmond, call the Redmond Senior Center, Madras, call that Senior Center, or the rest of the cities, call our organization and ask to talk to our volunteer manager, or you can go online on websites for these places, and there's usually an area to just put your kind of raise your hand by filling out a simple inquiry form and then the volunteer managers will get back to you. So it's really pretty straightforward um, and we're always looking for them. Um, Right now in Bend and Sisters in the Pine, we have 30 open slots across variety of tasks associated with the Meals and Wheels program, whether it's drivers, people helping us pack food, people helping us organize and make salads on Mondays to add for the rest of the week. So it's a lot of different roles. It's you can go beyond just being a driver to help these programs, and that's true across all the centers where the program runs out of. Denise, I hate to do this to you, but I'm going to give you a verbal pat on the back and thank you for your service. Thanks again. Thank you. And we look forward to talk to you again. And thanks, Steve, for 
for a lovely conversation once again, and have a great day yourself. You bet. Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information and our program schedule, please visit kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcasts at kpov.org.